VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on his time. We talk about President Trump. We talk about other politics, world news, domestic news, film, TV, everything you possibly think of. That's why we term it sex, drugs, and rock. Hey, this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe? Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. Yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from roll folks because this is no holes barred radio i'm here with my co-host tj DeSantis. again we've had another week that was i just landed from singapore last night excellent show how was your week tj and you know i feel like i think you should feel coming back from singapore and i only drove back from san diego so i don't know how that works but that, that's where i'm at today you sound good though yeah i feel good i went well i went to the gym i worked out for two hours got my blood flowing it's always a key when you're dealing with potentially a little bit of jet lag and uh, speaking of San Diego, that was EBI last night, Eddie Bravo's thing. I saw Eddie Bravo posted an Instagram post this morning. He's going in for shoulder surgery. Yeah, so, today, shoulder surgery for Eddie. Yep. That sucks. Yep. That's well, I mean, he, he, I, he, I think when you do jujitsu or any martial art, you know this, uh, for, mm-hmm. for as long as someone like Eddie has, like your body, while it is your temple, uh, it, it, it is still almost like a vehicle. And sometimes you got to bring that thing in and get tuned up. And that's what Eddie's doing, so. Yeah, you also got to make sure that when you're driving the car that's not one year old but like 25 years old that you don't put it through what you put through the one year the one year old car through. You got to watch the limitations of the vehicle you're driving, especially as you get older. No doubt All about it. No doubt about no, it. I, I don't think that he's necessarily doing anything bad. I think just jujitsu is so hard on the body that even if you haven't done anything, something that happened many years ago will still rear its ugly head. Yeah, no question. Eddie had a serious back operation, I think, a number of years ago, and this is the second operation he's been through in the last year. And I think it's all proof in the pudding of what you're saying. And I know I certainly know I've gone through it in my own respective world of uh, training and injuries that have occurred from from that over lifelong of training. I'm sure you have, too. And it's all part of the ballgame. So got to do the best you can do. You know, listen, I was just in Singapore. I wish Eddie all the best, too, as always. But oh, the question I had, how was the show? Oh, it was great. Uh, good show. It was uh, a ladies tournament. Uh, second ever ladies tournament for EBI and and the ladies brought it. It was a fun show. 
Um, they're doing it again in uh, in December. It'll be an all-women's uh, show at 115 pounds. Um, fun stuff. Very intimate uh, setting. Uh, the venue was uh, kind of like a theater, but not the big theater that we normally do uh, in, in Los Angeles. So uh, it was neat. I had, a, I had a fun time. Cool. Very cool. I'm um, sorry I wasn't there. I'll be there hopefully at the next one. What did they say when the next one is? September 15th. September 15th. Let's do a quick schedule check. And I can't do that because I'll be in Moscow, right? Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. It looks like you're going to be doing the uh, the buffer duties again. Did you step in this week? I did. I uh, made sure not to say it's time. I got you. All right. <laughs> Good. You just saved me some detective work. Okay. No, I want to no, keep you on your toes. No worries. All right. Listen, I just got back from Singapore. Now, I want to just say it's an absolutely beautiful city. I've been there before. The people are wonderful. The cuisine is amazing, TJ. You know how I talk about sometimes I don't eat well on trips. There's no way you cannot have incredible food in Singapore. It's clean. It's one of the cleanest cities I've ever been to. Yeah. I want to thank all the Singapore fans in attendance. Uh, the number of fans in the, the arena made it sound like three times as many. They were totally into every fight. The fights were exciting. Hey, let, uh, me, let, me, let me ask you a quick question about Singapore mm-hmm. because this is something that uh, I've heard and I haven't experienced, but... I've heard that a lot of people that have visited Asia say, oh, yeah, I've been to Asia. I've been to Asia. And then they finally go to Singapore and they're like, whoa, this is completely different from any other space in Asia. Do you feel that? I mean, I know you've been around all over there, Japan, et cetera, China. Uh, Does Singapore feel different from the other destinations in Asia? Well, yes, but with a caveat, Um, when you go into Tokyo, it's so modern. It's also so clean. Uh, I've raved about Tokyo before, Kobe, surrounding areas. Uh, you go into Macau. It's very much like Las Vegas. Right. Uh, you go into Korea. It's got its own feeling. I'm not. It's 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 definitely very clean, and and all Asian countries are clean. I found the ones that I have been to. All of them give great customer service. All of them usually have a variety of excellent cuisine to choose from. But, yes, there's something about Singapore from the moment you land in the airport because the airport is phenomenal. It's literally one of my favorite airports in the world. Really? Yeah, it's incredible. That's awesome. And you get this feeling as soon as you land. And then that combined with the fact that once you go into the city and you look around at this incredible – I posted a picture on my Instagram uh, at Bruce Buffer UFC on Instagram. And it's – if you take a look at it – the hotel I took a picture of was across from the hotel I was staying at, which was a basically four to five star hotel that was phenomenal, mm. uh, the Oriental uh, Mandarin Hotel. And the hotel that I took the picture of was the one we stayed at last time that's like 60 stories with the boat on top of it that's mounted on three different what? tiers, three really? different towers. Wow. Yeah, it, the architecture is unbelievable. It sounds and like it. When you look out the window, you know, the, the huge Ferris wheel, every, it's just as far as the eye can see. I would think that if you're even training to be an architect, you should go to Singapore and just study the architecture. It's phenomenal. It's kind of like looking at Abu Dhabi or, right. or Dubai, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it does have a certain feeling about it, most definitely. I'm not saying it's the best, better than any other Asian country. Right. But and, yeah, that's not every, what anybody has really said to me either. They're yeah. just saying, like, it's just different. You haven't ex- if, if you haven't experienced Singapore, there's still places you need to go, even if you've seen most of Asia. Absolutely. Without question. Without question. That's cool. Uh, so now leading that into the show, I want to tell you something. Yeah. I saw Donald Cerrone twice yeah. before the fight. Once when I checked in and then after he weighed in, something was wrong. 
Mm -hmm. I could tell he wasn't the cowboy, right? Right. Now, he was walking into the octagon on Saturday night, but then it came out the next day that he almost called and canceled his fight, uh, called Dana and canceled his fight, which, you know, would be a long shot for Cerrone to ever do with the heart of the warrior he has. Right. I, he, I heard that rumor actually leading up to the fight a couple of days before that he wasn't in the greatest uh, of positions. And um, when, when he weighed in and everything, I was like, okay, well, it must have gotten better, but apparently not. Yeah, but you know what? Being the warrior he is, he pulled it together. He got out in the octagon. He fought a five-round fight, a uh, very tough fight against you know Rocky Edwards, Leon. Yep. And uh, very entertaining. I thought it was a very exciting night of action. The females brought it, as they always do. And uh, capped off into the Cerrone-Edwards fight, which was just uh, just a, a show of force. Let, let me and, ask you this, because I, I do believe so, yes. But I want to know in your eyes, do you think that Donald Cerrone is a UFC Hall of Famer? Absolutely, I do. I, I think you'll find some argument about that, maybe some contention. I know he holds some statistical uh, facts about like stoppages, and, and he, he leads many um, number uh, categories, you know, most this, most that for the division. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he lacks that no-brain sort of entry into the UFC Hall of Fame, which is a, a world title reign, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like Donald Cerrone is on that same path that Michael Bisping was on uh, prior to Bisping capturing the UFC's middleweight title because a lot of people were talking about Bisping, you know, possibly being done before he beat Luke Rockhold and had the epic fight with Dan Henderson and and you know uh, but but to me Donald Cerrone and Michael Bisping are both UFC Hall of Famers and it has nothing to do with the fact that Bisping won a UFC title. I think Cerrone belongs in there based on what he's done in victory and in defeat. Okay, I agree. But also, let me put an, uh, an addition onto your uh, explanation and theory. <clears throat> you don't have to be, in my opinion, and I think you're saying the same thing, mm -hmm. you don't have to be a world champion right. to be in the Hall of Fame of the UFC. Right, or any Hall of Fame. Any Hall of Fame. You have to be a true role model warrior dedicated right. to the sport in every aspect possible. You have to be great. You have to be great. Now, Donald Cerrone, over the last few years as have other fighters, but mm -hmm. in Donald Cerrone's case, this man has stepped up right. to save a card, yep. to save an event. Uh, the phone call comes in, anybody, anywhere, anytime. Right. Let me get out of the, you know, the ranch. Let me get off the boat. Let me get into the octagon. So, yep. you know, this is, this is a true UFC fighter and, who, who probably has more fights. I'd say probably in the top 2% of yeah. having the most fights ever in the octagon. W without a doubt. And, and that goes back to those, uh, statistical categories that I said he is leading on quantity uh, alone. Also, too, with Donald Cerrone, I hate to say this because I think this is part of the reason why he is a Hall of Famer, but also a big reason why he lacks that UFC uh, championship is the guy will not say no to a fight, even when it is against his detriment. There were some really big fights where he could have gotten a title fight had he won just this one match. And if you look at it, more often than not, those fights that he lost would be the third, fourth, sometimes even like close to fifth fight uh, of a calendar year or within the last 12 to 16 months. This guy fought all of the time. And I think you, you can point to the fact that he was so active in to why he lost some of those matchups. Now, Donald would probably never do that. His trainers would probably not do that. But the, the fact is... When you are overworked, overtrained, overutilized, you don't perform 
the best. I think you can point to those maybe well, being some of the stumbles that he had in his career. But the same reason that he, you know, fought those fights are the same reason he's so great because he will step up on any given night. That's if you take that whole dissertation you just made, yeah, and you don't put Cerrone in it, right? And you cross out Cerrone and you put Bisbing in it, right? You're saying the same thing about each fighter who you started with, which is all more reason why they got in. Right. Bisbing got crowned a champion towards the end, right? But that was the way he was fighting. And there's guys in boxing as well as MMA that never go on to be a champion, although Bisbing did, right? But everybody has to go through, right, to get to the championship, and that's what Bisbing is and right. that's what Cerrone is right. and Bisping captured the gold. Yeah, and Cerrone's I, I, still an active fighter. You yeah. never know. Yep. We can't say never. Exactly. And and who knows? I mean, the the way that the the sport works, Donald Cerrone could pull off one more big win and then, you know, someone slips on a banana peel and he finds himself in, in a title fight. Uh, does he deserve Very, it necessarily from a sporting standpoint? It's hard to say he doesn't because he's done so well for so long. Like this guy is a world-class fighter who can beat anybody on any uh, given night. And as the sport evolves, yeah. I think that he he definitely deserves a spot in, in that hall. Exactly. He's at the same ilk, the same mold of Chuck Liddell, yep. Bisbing. Yep. These are warriors. Anybody, anywhere, anytime. Always great to see Donald. He was very surprised that I was there. I said, I got to be here. I missed your last one. I'm not going to miss this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Come I got to be here. So that's it. I want to thank uh, King and Bay, my King and Bay. Everybody go to Instagram and, and Twitter. Check out at my King and Bay for the beautiful white dinner jacket that they uh, had made for me. They made this for me the other year, and I've only worn it twice. I found it very appropriate to win it, wear it in Singapore. Again, thank you so much. Everybody check out at my King and Bay. I will tell you right now, tell them Buff sent you. doesn't matter where you're at in the United States. If you want to be the classiest man in the room, if you want to have something unique that nobody else has and pick it out yourself and have it designed just for yourself, nobody else does it better than at my King of Bay. Check out my boys there. Tell them Buff sent you. Have a great time. Okay, now listen, are we going to bring on uh, my buddy John Anna? Because I've got to say something to him before the day's over. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We can tell everyone uh, about your awesome voiceovers in the break, and we'll come back uh, with, with Mr. Anik. Sounds good to me. Time! You asked for it, and you got it. At BruceBuffer.com Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com it's time to begin! <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'll let him do it. It's time! Now, back to the voice of MMA, Bruce Buffer. Let's go over some stuff on the week that was. A lot of things happened in the news. I want to cover some subject with you. One subject, you know, we had the situation... Um, this weekend now Sarah Sanders uh, who is you know a White House uh, press secretary is the White House press secretary you know she's very interesting you know Robert De Niro about a month ago or three weeks ago said that uh, he is going to refuse service if uh, to Donald Trump if he ever, ever enters the restaurants Nobu and of course that means that any uh, restaurant any uh, uh, retail outlet can refuse service to anybody anytime 
But in the wake of the political climate and the political atmosphere during the Trump administration, things are happening that I've never seen happen before in the United States during my reign as a human being for 61 years, if that's the way I can put it. Um, Sarah Sanders was kicked out of a Virginia restaurant by the owner. This is the White House press secretary this weekend. And it was she was kicked out, allegedly, because she works for President Donald Trump. So she went to a restaurant about three hours outside of, of Washington, D.C., called the Red Hen, uh, which is known for its very unique types of meals. I have not eaten there. And it's in Lexington, Virginia. Uh, she came and she sat down. They, they gave them some cheese plates. The owner got a phone call that she was there. She came over, uh, talked to uh, her directly outside, and politely asked her to leave, which immediately um, Sarah Sanders accepted the fact to leave. She picked up the cost of their cheese plates and whatever they had eaten that so far. And then she and her party left the restaurant. You know, I guess people have a, a reason to voice their opinions. Um, do you find this anything outrageous? Do you find this anything out of the ordinary? Or do you think it is just the right of the owner to service whoever they care to service? Well, I mean, I guess it comes down to whether or not it's illegal. Kane, you it's refuse not, not the illegal. right, then, then there's no real story. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, uh, I would be horribly upset if I was told to leave because of who I worked for uh, at any establishment. But Agreed. Uh, if at the end of the day, it's not illegal to refuse service to me for any reason that you find appropriate, then you're not doing anything wrong. And, and my issue is with the law and not necessarily with the owner's uh, opinion or, uh, you know, discretion. So it, well, it is think, what it is. I think it's an incident that we can only observe and understand whether we agree with it or not. Right. But I am going to say uh, whether you uh, care, like, or dislike Sarah Sanders and the very tough job she has, especially with the current administration being the press secretary, answering the questions she has to answer every time she steps up to the dais, I'm going to commend her. Because I thought she handled it in a very classy way. Right. She didn't get be confrontational. And right. she observed the fact that it was the owner's uh, right as an owner of a business and politely left. So yeah, if you're good, in her shoes, you. if you're in her shoes and you don't feel like what they did was was justifiable or they don't have any uh, real reason to refuse you service, don't give him any ammunition. Don't make a scene. Don't you know what I mean? Like take the high road. And it sounds like that's what she did. So uh, kudos to her. I don't know if Sam would be. Uh, all that uh, cool with it. If she was on the line with us like she was last week and we talked about this, she would probably tell her to go to hell or whatever. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, she took the high road and, and that's what you need to do in situations like that. If you if you feel like you're being unfairly treated, uh, don't freak out because all that is going to do is give fuel to the fire of people that believe you don't belong there. Agreed. So it is what it is and we've explained it the best we can. Now running on to this uh, another political story here. This is interesting. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, well, actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not the first actor to run for political office um, because, of course, Ronald Reagan was an actor who became president of the United States. Arnold Schwarzenegger, based on his popularity and also his political viewpoint and his intelligence, which I mean sincerely, his intelligence, became the governor of California. Right. Donald Trump, the Celebrity Apprentice star uh, in the news media uh, celebrity became president of the United States. Now, there's been other talk, and it was joked about in the last couple of weeks, and I don't know whether it's joked about. I kind of thought it was being joked about when I read about it, that Kim Kardashian basically stated, never say never. 
for her running for office. That scares the heck out of me. Okay, that being said, now it seems that anybody that's popular or wants to can run for office because that's the right of people in America. Dennis Hoff, the Nevada brothel owner of the Bunny Ranch, who just days ago ousted a Republican state lawmaker in a primary, he's working on new campaign themes as a Republican running for office in the state of Nevada for the 36th district in the state assembly. That is allowed and legally proper. Right. And I guess I'm getting a giggle out of it. Is he going to win? That's the question, you know? And well, you know what he's going to do? Obviously his first campaign would be, I would assume is to make prostitution legal, which we have no problem with here. on it's time radio. We've mentioned that before. Right. Um, but this is a man that's also been in the news for issues in his own personal life. So it just goes to show that everybody can run for office no matter what. So wish him luck. Can't right. really say anything beyond that. Yeah. And we'll see how the local body is treated. You know, one thing that I will say about running for office is whether it's for a quote unquote goof or whether it is something that people really just don't take all that serious uh, or you do it and you don't believe you're actually going to win. It is not a cheap thing to do. It costs a lot of money to get on any ballot, whether it's at the local level or whether it's at the highest level. And, um, you know, you you have to take these things serious because there are a lot of people working very hard to ensure that he is on the ballot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, If you want to run for, like, state Congress, minimum $200,000 to be on the ballot. Minimum. Pretty nice. It's it's a big undertaking. God knows what Trump uh, had to gather for his campaign, much less Hillary Clinton. It's just huge money. Right. Huge money. But, I mean, they and had the get, backings of, like, you know, really well-established uh, strategists. and of course, you know, of course. Part, I don't, I don't know uh, if, if, if Dennis has that necessarily, but um, I hope he does for his sake. Well, let's go on to another story. It's kind of, kind of uh, interesting, kind of funny, kind of whatever you want to take it. But, you know, Stormy Daniels, Donald Trump, the right. whole controversy that's out there, Stormy Daniels being an adult film star. Uh, you know, people trying to downplay her character because of all going on. We'll see how that whole thing's going to pan out. But it was just a couple of weeks ago, and we get back to Kim Kardashian, who visited the White House and and uh, was, um, how do I say, uh, uh, one of the key reasons that the person was let out of jail, and pardon me if I forget her name, uh, that was pardoned yeah. by uh, President Trump. Yeah. So she was in the Oval Office and all that. Well, you know, it just came out. Kim Kardashian is a bit of a adult film star herself. Well, and we, that's not new news. Not new news, but now the news has came out, and it's always been rumored. Joe Francis was supposedly the man who helped market that tape after it was done, you know, convinced her to take it public. She, they claim, he claims that made, she's made $4.5 million off her sex tape. That sounds like less than I thought. I thought it would have made a lot more, but still, mm. $4.5 is not a bad idea. And I think that, I think that constitutes, uh, makes you an adult film star, does it not? I mean— uh, if that I, w- to me, what makes you a star in anything is whether or not that's what you're primarily known for. Uh, okay, then that then then we can't call her an adult film star. Well, but she it has definitely made- it definitely helped her stardom rise. You know what I mean? Because it's the same thing like Paris Hilton. I won't call Paris Hilton an adult film star, but my God, I don't know many people that cared about her before it. You know what I mean? Well, if I'm not mistaken, both tapes amateur tapes of both Paris and and Kim right. were released however they came to be released mm-hmm. weeks before the premiere of each of their individual TV shows. Right. How many people have just randomly stolen video cassettes from your household over the years, Buffer? Not many, right? Because it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Okay? 
Well, you know my attitude. Never of film yourself. Not. Yeah, yeah. And if you do, watch it and burn it. Be Mission Impossible. Right. This tape will destroy in 30 seconds. But how, <laughs> how many people are just randomly grabbing video cassettes from people's houses to see if they're striking gold? You know what I mean? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You know, supposedly the Pamela Anderson tape, the, the infamous tape mm -hmm. with her and uh, what's his name? The, Tommy the, Lee. The, Tommy Lee, the drummer, was supposedly allegedly stolen by workers at their house out of their house safe. Uh, yeah, of course, because mm -hmm. th that needs to be the backstory and how you didn't actually release it and it's unauthorized and blah, 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 blah. Heck, maybe I'll even file a fake sort of lawsuit about it in court. Like, I'm sorry, man. I just, it's like pro wrestling to me. I know the story. And if I want to enjoy the story, I'll suspend my disbelief. But as okay. as a man who understands how people get paid and how things work, I I don't I don't believe it. I I think it's all a bit. Well, this story is uh, on Kim Kardashian is being run by the Daily Mail. Uh huh. Okay, which is a UK publication. Right. That's where I got this information from. Are they a tabloid or are they like a legit publication? You know, it's when it's actually a very entertaining. Uh, I was just you know I've been in the UK twice in the last five weeks, and it's a. It's one of the more popular magazines there. There's the Sun. There's the Daily Mail. It covers all the news, but you know you read some pretty wild stories. Well, the Sun, the Sun is like the National Enquirer. Is the yeah, Daily yeah. Mail the same thing? No, the Daily Mail I think is more of a newspaper. So it's more grounded. It, it's more grounded. Got it. Right, but but it does have that. It will give some outrageous stories. I guess there's maybe just a lot of outrageous stories that happen in the UK. I don't know, but it, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed reading it. But getting back to this, and again, I'm only going by what I'm reading here, folks. I'm not saying anything derogatory about Kim Kardashian. She's somebody who's achieved success hey. in, in in many different areas in TV and retail sales. I wish I had her that. bank account. Well, of course, but now my point is, again, uh, like you said, this is not what she's mainly known for. But you can be a star or celebrity in different industries. And I would say that making, if it's true, $4.5 million off a tape that's released to you uh, in a compromising situation, which makes for an adult videotape, then that makes you a star of the adult film industry for one, hey, one tape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if people are coming into, you know, these stores, uh, you know, when I when I was a kid, uh, uh, you know, we all knew where they were. We, we didn't get to go in them, but we all knew where they were. If people are going into those stores... Uh, to buy your tape, you're probably a star, whether you like yeah. it or not, you know? Yeah, 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 I guess, I guess. I'm going on and getting away from that now. Uh, this is interesting, okay? Um, I know that the one airline settled with the dog, the terrier mm. that died on the airline. I don't yeah. know what they settled for. Delta has now decided to ban, as service animals on flights, if it's any kind of pit bull type dog, Mm. Right. And I've always been one to say, I know pit bulls have a bad rap. I think it's the owners that make the dogs that way. But of course, you never know where the owner is walking on the plane with the dog. But they're banning any kind of pit bull type dogs or service dogs on their flights. It's a new policy. <sighs> it doesn't define what it means, though. It, it just it's, a, it's kind of an open statement when sure. you think about it. What constitutes a pit bull type dog and who makes the decision right. if that's a pit bull type dog? Right. Well, and it stems the stems, by the way, the stems from a June 2017 incident in which a passenger was attacked by a 70-pound uh, dog on a flight, right? But the dog was a Labrador mix. It was not a pit bull-type dog. But yeah. Now, if you look at a Labrador, do you well, say because the head might look similar with short hair, is that a, is this too wide range right. well, of a decision here? Can, can we just say this, and, and maybe you won't agree with me, I don't know, but the whole service animal craze, it is getting to be ludicrous and and for me i remember seeing service animals when i was a kid 
they were usually accompanying blind people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that anxiety or things like that aren't debilitating. They are. Okay. When, when you have issues, uh, PTSD, other things like that, if a service animal helps you, that's great. However, we have to rein this in and have service animals meet some criteria. And if I'm going on a plane and there's a 70 pound animal that is your service animal, I need to know why that, that animal needs to be that big. Why can't you have, uh, if it has to be a dog, why can't it be a lap dog? Why can't it be a toy breed? You don't, you you don't need a, a dog that is 70 pounds to calm you down. I'm sorry. Part part my ignorance. Okay. Cause I'm not fully versed on right. what, what is the, what it takes to be a service dog, a class, but and a license. Okay. that's it. I'm serious. Okay. All my, right, so my, now, my buddy's girlfriend okay. has their dogs that are toy breeds, uh, certified as service animals because they just don't want to put them in the cargo hold. Neither right. of them okay. have any sort of issues whatsoever that require them to be on the plane with them other than they love their animals. I, it's a battle for me because I'm an animal lover and I understand the anxiety where they could, you know what it is? If I'm on a plane and my animal, my dog, let's say, right. is down in the, in the cargo, wherever uh-huh. they put the animal. Yep. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have anxiety sure. worried about my dog. Sure. So when maybe, you think maybe, about it, maybe you should relieve, wait, let me finish. Let me yeah. finish. When you think about it, does that mean that flying with my dog cures my anxiety if I have to fly with my dog because he's with me, and that's why he's with me because he cures my anxiety? So the the laws are the have to be written in such a specific way, because that alone constitutes relief of anxiety. So I'm not this guy. I'm not generally the person that says, "Well, you just need to man up." But I'm sorry, this is one of those situations where I think we all just need to kind of get stronger. If you well, can't fly I, because you can't bring your dog with you then maybe you should drive. Yes, you should drive or just make the proper decision that benefits both you and your dog, whatever that case might be. Me, I don't have a dog currently, but I am thinking that if I do, it would be along the lines of a German Shepherd, and I don't know if I'm going to bring a 100-pound German Shepherd what I'm on saying. the play yeah. with me. I'll take care of him or I'll make that drive. You know, I, I, Again, it's personal preference. It's personal choice. Love of animals to many people, as we both know, uh, as their children, okay? It's yeah. a very, it's a very um, tender, sensitive subject. Sure. I mean, we're both animal lovers. I love animals. And um, not long ago, I was on a plane where there was a cat that was a service animal. And it, it really caught my eye because the cat was running around the airline terminal on a leash. And it walked and it, it behaved so much like a dog. It was crazy. Um, but when we got on the plane, all that cat did was howl and just meow, and it was not in a good situation. And at that point, I'm like, your your service animal, you're doing a disservice to your service animal. Like, that that cat doesn't want to be in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, th- this, is yeah. a, this is a bad thing. And, like, not only that, it's, it's disrupting the passengers. It's disrupting, uh, I mean, also, too, I know people that are really allergic to, to animals, to dogs and cats. What do you think about an airline that was, I don't know if it would make enough money. An airline, a first class, really luxurious airline that charged correctly, that was specifically made for, for people, uh, animal owners and their animals to travel. Uh, limited, I just yeah, limited destinations buff, I think it's a huge hit. 
Well, I, you know, I, I can think of destinations like L.A. to Vegas. Sure. Uh, you know, like L.A. to New York. I agree. But I don't know if there'd be enough customers to keep the, the uh, flight successful, but it's an interesting concept. Well, if, if you made it like a, like a JetBlue, when JetBlue first started, like where every seat you have more room, um, if it was a first sort of first class sort of luxury airline to where you could actually get people interested in flying on it, uh, regardless of whether or not they were taking an animal with them, I think you could make a good amount of money if you were, I, you know, a, a pet-friendly airline. Yeah. I got another idea. Yeah. Don't in let the them old all out days, here. Don't let them all out here. We got to we got to put some copyrights on these things. <laughs> well, this you know what? They can go ahead and just uh, hire me as a spokesperson. Perfect. There you um, go. In the old days, there used to be a smoking section on the airplane. Right. right. Or yeah. you used to actually be allowed to smoke on right. the airplane. Which and I flew back then, and I'm I'm trying to think back what it was like. It was you know that's crazy when you think. I about think it's it, horrible. Okay? I, it had it's to be horrible. horrible. Well, just look at those little rooms in the airports of the people smoking and well, envision that as an airplane. Well, not so only now, that, what about, but it's a canned air thing, right? Like like that air that is in an airplane, even now without the smoke, is recycled, right? Like it, so it, you're, you're recycling cancerous air. So now, so now, what if the rear section of the plane was designated for animals? Uh-huh. And you had the, fir- the rear 10 rows of flights were your animal section, but... If it didn't sell out due to lack of people traveling with their service dogs and animals, if you as, an, as, a, as a, uh, a flight uh, customer care, decide to fly in that section, you get a huge discount, right, from the normal price. Mm. If the flights, if the seat's available, right? That way you have a section for the animals, not spread throughout the, the place. You've got the first class that has there, the business class has there. And maybe it's just the last five or ten rows, figuring out how many people actually do travel with animals. Maybe it's the last three rows. That's another way to maybe regulate a little bit so it's not so disturbing to some people. Yeah. I mean, I think that there definitely needs to be a designated area. So you as a traveler, I know the last five or six rows on a plane, uh, there are likely going to be animals. So if I don't animals. like animals, I'm not going to sit in that section. Um, I, I like that. I mean, I'm not I'm not against animals traveling. Um, I'm not either. I'm it, not either. It's just it shouldn't impede the enjoyment of, of people, people around on them. the plane. Right. And, and then you'd put the next five rows for children. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's okay. <laughs> what is but, there? You know, is there a difference between children and animals? No, the animals were in the last five. And no, then the no, kids no, were next no. Five. Yeah, yes, yes. They're they buffer. You were. You're, I, you're, I, you're, I, no, no, you no, are stop, a parent. Stop, stop. You're allowed to answer you, you, that. You're a parent. You, you still don't get what I'm saying. I'm I'm making a joke that kids act like animals. Oh, I'm asking I you, got, if kids and animals, is there a difference? I they, got that. Yeah. But in this PC world, oh, I'm gonna let you finish and explain it, dude. So I'm the most good. I'm the most PC person in the world. If yeah, if you can't you gauge my car uh, sarcasm there, then I I don't, I don't know what to say. Sorry. Well, this this is not sarcasm. This goes into planes also. Sexual assaults on flights are increasing at a very alarming rate. Oh my gosh. And all I can say is, it's just like if if God forbid, as a female, you were accosted or assaulted in any way, just like in the real life, we just report it. Please don't keep it quiet. Report it. These people need to be caught. The people yeah. need to be dealt with, whether it's on the plane, whatever. Because one of the things they mentioned in this in this report is that people are not reporting it. Right. So just like with the assault rate of, and I, I'm so sorry, this horrific crime of rape, when they report so many have been assaulted because of what they reported, it's not the actual number. No, it's not because so many go unreported. Yeah. So if this if this ratio of Assaults on flights, sexual assaults on flights is increasing. Believe me, if they say it's increasing at an alarming rate, that means it's really increasing at an alarming rate. So if anything happens, if you see anything, people, please right. report it. Yeah. Okay, enough said. Because if said. you don't, you're empowering these people. That's wrong. You it's can't wrong. ignore it because it actually fuels their fire. 
You know what always blows me away? Cocaine has been a drug, a recreational drug, popular from the days of Scarface with Al Pacino, uh, the Miami, you know, cartels, right. the, 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 the te- whatever the, the word is. Um, God, the drug dealers. Okay, it's, it's been for years, <laughs> decades. Drug dealers. Decades, decades, decades. The drug I can't remember, right? I love it. Okay, so now it goes away. You don't hear about it. TJ, it's coming back. Yeah, the, the the purity and the availability of cocaine that's reaching Europe now, yeah, is it's such pure and high levels creating and fueling massive amounts of rising addiction, like increase of over twenty percent, right? The, the first time admissions to treatment facilities for people using cocaine mm-hmm. has increased twenty percent between two thousand fourteen two thousand sixteen. Wow! And now the cocaine, where you would think in the old days it was pure, it's now getting even purer. Really it's causing people to get it. Yeah, that's what the, that's what they're claiming here. Is, so does that does that lead for like more overdose or anything like that? If it's more pure, if it's like stronger, absolutely. If yeah. you even as a layman, uh huh, right? If you see cocaine when it's when it's cut, cocaine is notorious. If you watch the movies and right. even just read about it, when you get pure cocaine, they mm-hmm. cut it, and the right. reason they cut it is to increase the amount so they can make the most money possible out of it. Yeah. So if you go and do a few lines or whatever your modus operandi is as a, as a, as a cocaine user and you do like a half a gram or whatever of stuff that's been cut, if you did, and my layman thinking about this, if you did it and it was pure, mm-hmm. You're gonna die. I would think the chances of you dying of an overdose, God forbid, what else you're putting in your body at that time are, are right. much heavier. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got like, to be because you think that your entire time, your entire usage has been, you need this much. It, it, you need more than that. And then you actually get the good stuff. And it's like, you did that normal amount that you normally do, but it's That's not. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's like, and you're watching the movies when somebody dies of a heroin overdose, cause they got what they quote call a hot load. Right. You know, it's, it's, I, I would think that relates to this too. Now, another recreational situation, legally speaking, but kind of a, a bummer. If you're a bourbon drinker, this is crazy. 9,000 stack bur- you know, they, 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 they actually uh, age bourbon in barrels, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's a brand out there called 1792 Bourbon. Right. They have a building, okay, they have a building in Kentucky, which holds 20,000 barrels. They were having a wall repaired. Oh, right? no. The wall collapsed, and I'm not laughing, because it's tragic when you think about it, because a lot goes into this, right? And 9,000 stacked bourbon barrels plummeted to the ground. Oh, my God. So that they they lost basically almost half their inventory of the aged barrels of bourbon for their product, right? Right. That's that's horrible as well, a company. Yeah. That's horrible. Well, when you think about it too, like when you when you get an old bottle of wine, um, you know, depending on how old it is, like you you can't make up for that unless there was you know reserves put up. So if if half of a, I mean that that's going to drive their their price of that certain you know, batch up the ones that did survive because it's just, you know, you, you can't make up for that. You can't go back in time and make sure you make more. So that's, that's crazy. Well, you would think so. Did, would think and so. no one was hurt in all of that. No, not it's reportedly nobody was hurt. And I hope none of the barrels had the word notorious on them. Oh, just geez. Man. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> just a lot of broken hearts. I think maybe a lot, a lot of broken hearts. Anyway, uh, speaking of broken heart, you know, did you ever watch Melrose Place? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit uh, before my time. I wasn't necessarily uh, quite old enough to enjoy it. But, I mean, I remember it being on, you know, things like that when I was a kid for sure. 
one of the hot stars out of that, one of the sex symbols of the times was Heather Locklear, right? Yep. Man, she's been going through some rough times. It just got reported. Just came over the news today. She was arrested for attacking a police officer. Oh, no. Yeah. She's uh, been booked. Um, she's out of jail now. She's on her way to a hospital where she'll voluntarily check herself in for alcohol abuse as well as mental health issues. Well, she's had a few of these things happen in the last uh, number of years. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fall from grace. Yeah. It's, well, at least, hope, at least she's hopefully getting the help that she needs. I hope I hope she does. I hope she does. She Most was beautiful. Definitely. I mean, I don't know what she looks like now, and it really doesn't matter. But like, she was she was someone that was just absolutely gorgeous uh, yeah. in her time. Yeah, just that that bright smile, everything else. Uh, let's go over to a little bit of sports action here. Uh, actually, before that, because maybe we'll get John on in time for that. But the uh, I just movies- got some unfortunate news. Mr. Anik is not going to be able to join us. Okay, well, everybody listening, I want to congratulate John Anik and his beautiful wife, Chrissy, on the birth of their third child, in addition to their two beautiful daughters. Uh, Hunter Anik was born uh, just the other day. And uh, that's why I was bringing John on. I want to congratulate him. The man who is a father to two beautiful daughters is now the father to a son. Yep. And it's so cool. John is just one of my favorite human beings uh, in life, both as a friend and as a work associate. And his wife is just wonderful and just a great family. And he's a great dad. I'm so happy for him. That's why we're going to bring him on the show, everybody. We wanted to congratulate John on the show. But you know what? You know what makes him a great dad? The fact that he unfortunately had to call in and, and cancel with us because you, exactly. know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, by the way, his uh, son's name, he put it out on Twitter, Hunter J. Anik. You mentioned Hunter already. That's a great name, but the middle name, J-A-Y, uh, that is my son's middle name as well. So uh, that's, that's a solid name. I love it. Very cool. It's a great name. Yep. Oh, it's just, you know what it is? It's a strong it is. name. Yeah. Yeah, strong definitely. name. May your child, like the goblet, may your child be a strong child. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got it. All right. Congratulations, John. Congratulations, Christy. And congratulations, Hunter. I love doing those baby, birth of baby uh, voiceovers at BruceBuffer.com. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm going to do one special for John. Yeah, get yours today, by the way. BruceBuffer.com. Check it out. It's there. Yeah. Okay. Now, TJ, I talk about it all the time. Mm. I'm, I'm tired of it. It's affecting, it's going to go on, but it's getting worse. The, the class factor is diminishing in sports so much. Right. Now we're going into a sport of tennis. Okay, I know there was the McEnroe's and the Connors and the fingers flew and the words flew. Right. But is taking a water bottle and simulating a sexual act with the bottle imitating, as it says here, a certain member of his body as you're performing at the Queen's Club Championships, is that proper for the sport of tennis, this much is, less any other sport. Right. This is a rhetorical question. Of course not. No. No. Um, no. And, and my question is, is this being done because you know in the back of your mind if you're doing it, all right, this is going to go viral. Like, I'm going to be remembered for this. Maybe I can get uh, some extra shine. I don't know. Like, th- there needs to be and more consequences for this, Bruce. That's the problem. There are no real consequences, well, no lasting consequences. This is true. And this is where I want to point out and again, if you think those thoughts that you just mentioned, then sorry. Anybody that thinks those thoughts, people, even if I know you, then you're an a-hole. Okay? <laughs> right. Enough said. This guy's name, tennis star's name, is Nick Kyrgios. K-Y-R-G-I-O-S. Mm-hmm. Pardon me if I didn't say it correctly. But I will say one thing. That they did fine him 
$17,500 for his act. Now, that's probably a drop in the bucket considering the money right. that a professional tennis player makes. But he was fined uh, and good. And he was also fined earlier this year. Obviously, this guy's trying to you know get, like you said, be relevant. He's 23 years old. Right. He was fined earlier this year for yelling profanity at a fan. Come on, He was man. fined in 2015 for yelling sexual comments at opponent what? Stan Wawrinka. Okay. A-hole. Dude, I mean. A-hole of the week. A-hole. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about this, too, with me. Um, if you really want to hurt him in the heart and and make him change Beat his him. attitude. Well, n- not, not that. Just if you're the tennis association, suspend him from events because the fine is yeah. great. Like you said, it's a drop in the bucket. But if drop you keep him out of a tournament where he can't make the, the prize money, where if he's a sponsored athlete, he won't be able to cash in on some of the sponsorships because he won't be seen. Like, that's what you need to do. I, I'm sorry. Like, $17,000 to you and I, That I mean, that that's a good amount of money. It, it is a good amount of money. Absolutely. But, but it it's not enough money to curb this behavior in the future. Yep. And, and even when it does hurt, I mean, I don't mean to pick on John Jones, but we know what John Jones has been, you know, caught up in over the years. He has lost millions, millions of, millions of dollars. Tens of millions. And, Tens of millions. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that he hasn't changed yet. I, you know, we we only are as good we'll as out. whenever the last time we made a mistake. But, uh, you know, John, unfortunately, has been in some precarious situations despite being, uh, you know, punished, whether it be by not being able to compete or not being able to, to make money several times. And it hasn't changed things. So uh, you, you need to make it sting. Well, I'm with you. And uh, Nick uh, Kurgios, if I'm saying his name correctly, has made the uh, It's Time Radio A-Hole list of the week. So yeah, but also also at the end of the day, Buff, we're saying his name. And like you say, publicity, good or bad, just spell my name right. We can't even just, say his name right, but, you know. It's just horrible how, I mean, I look at the TMZ articles or other places similar, and just, just the people trying to be relevant for doing just the unclassiest if not illegal, if not just despicable. Right. I mean, it's just, it just makes well, me sick. You've said it. This guy, granted, he's famous for other things, but is he really? Like, right now, he's famous for being famous. He's not famous for his tennis ability. He's not famous for anything other than being a baby. He's famous for three things. Yelling sexual comments at a fellow male player. Right. Yelling profanity during a match at a fan in attendance. Right. And now simulating a sexual act with a plastic water bottle if that's the way you want to go down in history is your legacy go for it my man hey but you know what you're never going to be a guest on this show next uh, next up uh i watched the uh the hbo uh football show what is it the hard knocks hard knocks i I really love that show and they focused on um the tampa bay buccaneers one season and Mm -hmm. i was really admire Jameis uh winston's uh you know as a as a person everything i'm not saying that i don't still do but he's another one he has now been suspended um, the NFL has made a serious commitment, uh, you know, in this situation. And when I'm reading this correctly, uh, he is going to be suspension is another hindrance. He's been arrested. Bear with me for a second. No worries. No worries. It just came through. Uh, this is yeah, a problem, yeah, yeah. There's a problem when you're doing a live broadcast and, uh, you get handed yeah. something late in the game, you know. You want to read it, but it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bore the audience on this, but. Um, Anyway, he's going to miss some games, and this is one of the finer quarterbacks in the in the uh, in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, bottom line is, if you're a starting quarterback, you are the backbone of your team. 
uh, yep. whether you like it or not. And if you are missing any time for any reason, it sets that offense back uh, by leaps and bounds. And um, also, too, in the NFL, if they have success without him, don't expect him just to come back and, and, and fit in that spot again. You know what I mean? You uh, you don't want to mess with that if you don't have to. Right. Here's what's going to happen. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking at uh, a situation here where Winston is facing a three-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy mm. uh, because he was accused in 2016 of groping an Uber driver. And that's the situation that stands for that, and that's what he's getting the potential three-game suspension for. Right. Yeah, well, um, so that, did this happen two years ago? Yeah, 2016. Did did the allegation just come in, or why does it take him no, so no, long? No, no, this was this was a story back then. It's just something that's taken time. That's all I can tell you. Wow. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So uh, let's see. There was another situation involving a potential. He was not charged in a 2012 sexual assault that raised a lot of questions. Uh, oh, he's had some. Okay, we'll see how this develops. All right, next up, uh, the Roseanne Barr show, which which got a rating of 20. Yeah, and that's then Roseanne huge. Barr, yeah, huge, and and you know, then she made her comments on Twitter. Uh, ABC killed the show. Yep, the show was so successful though mm-hmm. that they have announced the Roseanne spinoff without Roseanne. They're bringing back right. the show. They're going to call it the Connors. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the people that are cast in the show, I'm happy for them that they haven't lost their jobs. Right. Uh, Roseanne Barr is supposedly devastated. She publicly stated, "There's no excuse. She doesn't excuse what she did." Um, she claims she was impaired as the reason for her explanation. She horribly regrets it. Right. She's lost. She claims she's lost everything. Uh, she regretted it before when she lost everything, and she's willing to accept whatever consequences. Well, those consequences from that in this very heavily PC world that we live in today is that the show is coming back under a different name without Roseanne. Well, here's my question. Obviously, there are consequences. She lost the show. She's not on the show. Did she own any bit of that show? And if so, is she getting a kickback or royalty or anything from this spinoff show? Because clearly it's it's based off the show that she was on. If she owned a part of that, I got to imagine there's some sort of check that's going to be thrown her way, whether it's what she was making before. Of course not, probably not. But I'm wondering if she's still profiting one way or another from this in the end. And I would have to say that uh, that is a question the attorneys are dibble dabbling and digging deeply into because it does make total sense. Right. And usually in the case of a very successful show, even if you were not an owner or shall we say a producer on that show, right. for which you receive extra monies based on the success, especially after the third season, you usually do get some portion thereof. Yeah. You know, if you, if you negotiate correctly through your, your uh, representatives. I, I, so a very interesting question. I'm sure they'll come out in the news. And, and one thing I'm curious too, is if that were, yes, if, if you as the consumer found out that Roseanne was getting money and you were offended by what Roseanne did and said and how she handled it, is that less likely to make you watch the show because she would be getting money. Do you know what I mean? Would would you would you have to boycott that as well because you know in your heart of hearts that she's still profiting from this in the end one way or the other? You know, if you feel that serious about the situation, in fact you do that much, that's a righteous decision you can make and a moral decision you make on your own. Yeah. So I'm just I wondering if the network is worried about that if that is the case. Could, uh, you cl- know clearly not if they're going forward with it. So I don't think so. Because it gets back to what we've been talking about throughout the show. The relevancy that people say relevant for 
the popularity that occurred through all the stories. Mm -hmm. uh, if anything, it's going to fuel the fire. And right. you know what? They'll find out real quick. And like every TV show that's released, if the TV show doesn't produce the numbers, what do they do? Right. They cancel it. Right. But okay. also, also, too, like even if, if Roseanne is getting a kickback, like part of you also feels like, well, yeah, maybe she's making money. But think about all those other people that potentially could have lost their jobs. Otherwise, they don't deserve to lose their job because Roseanne's dumb. Maybe that's the trade-off. Maybe that's the justification for you if you do enjoy the show and you want to continue watching. It's a very rightful justification. I'm very happy to see that because that's the first thing that occurred to me right. is all the people that are losing their jobs. Well, I'm know? sure I'm sure there are minorities involved uh, in that cast and, and, and crew and you know the, the people that make that show really work. Uh, the, the idea that r what Roseanne did, it, it's bad. It's, it's really reprehensible and unforgivable in a lot of ways. But uh, I'm sure that not everyone in that show feels the same way, impaired or not, that Roseanne did when she, she posted that stuff on Twitter. So they, they shouldn't be held to the, the same flame, you know? I agree. I'm just happy to see that they're all going to get new scripts with a different title and the same paycheck, if not more. So good for them. Yep. I like seeing people successful, being staying and being happy. Yep. Uh, with that note, I'm going to do the same thing this week, TJ. I have been on quite a trek, traveling like crazy, loving every bit of thing I'm traveling for and while I'm doing what I'm doing. But it's a little vacation time for me. I've got July 3rd. I've got to go into Vegas. Mm. I just don't have the two UFCs. I've got a big arm wrestling event on July 4th and nice. World Series of Beer Pong on July 8th after UFC 226. I got a big corporate event on Monday. I'm looking forward to the whole week of work. I need some time for Bruce. So I am going to go away this week to a secluded spot. I'm not going to tell anybody where I'm at. And I'm going to have a very wonderful, relaxing three days of little me time, which I need very badly. I'm so doing I'm the same thing. I'm doing the same Good thing for you. with my Good family. For you. Yeah, it's my son's uh, seventh birthday officially, and we're going to go uh, enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm going to be on a beautiful beach with beautiful ocean and everything beautiful around me, and we'll leave it at that. I'm looking forward to relaxing. And with that being said, TJ, I wish you a great trip. Everybody out there, uh, let's hear if TJ's got anything to tell us before we go. Go, TJ, go. Uh, well, at the top of the show, we mentioned um, the Eddie Bravo Invitational. If you missed it, really fun show. You can check it out. It is archived now on UFC Fight Pass. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at TJ DeSantis. He's at Bruce Buffer. We're both on Instagram, uh, TJ DeSantis. He's at Bruce Buffer UFC. Uh, getting ready for that crazy International Fight Week buffer. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit of rest and relaxation for the both of us because while I won't be on the ground with you, uh, there are a lot of big things coming up the MMA Pike here in the month of July, and uh, I'm excited to uh, you know do my little piece of it uh, in the MMA side of things and in, in, in the reporting and the, the radio shows and excited to see you do work uh, from the Octagon. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's going to be great, and, and you all the best to you and everything I'm going. Have a great vacation with the family. I'm looking forward to Vegas. I'm looking forward to Hamburg. I'm looking forward to Calgary, and I'm looking forward to my hood in Los Angeles on August 4th. So lots coming up here. Uh, everybody, um, thank you for all the email and the reviews and the comments on my book. When I posted a couple of the bufferisms from my book, It's Time, recently on Instagram and Twitter, uh, people want to know where they came from. Those are in my book, which... I want to just tell everybody I posted today also about the fact that it's not available in the stores anymore. You can go to brucebuffer.com, go to the book page, click on the link that will take you to the Amazon.com page or go directly to Amazon.com's page for my book, It's Time, under my name, Bruce Buffer, if you would care to read it. I'm honored by those that have. I appreciate it sincerely very much. 
And if you do choose to read it, enjoy the read, folks. I put my heart into that book for sure. Um, with that being said, I wish everybody all the best of the week coming up. Treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Pick your path. When you step on that path, there's only one thing you can do in life by educating yourself about what you're about to take that path for. And that's be the best you can be and do the best job you can do. That's what it's all about, folks, because then you'll be winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. It's time to win. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.